Hey, and welcome to the Badger Talks podcast, the podcast which interviews experts from the University of Wisconsin-Madison community about their work, programs, and research, and what they are like as people too. I'm your host, Ben Rush. Listening to this podcast will also give you a sneak peek of an upcoming longer talk by each guest or guests. We have two guests today, Laura Heisler and George Zugros, who will discuss the Wisconsin Science Festival. As you will hear, there are over 200 opportunities to get involved with the Wisconsin Science Festival across the entire state, including kits from libraries, remote talks, and even the scavenger hunt to find Little Beasley's, the Science Fest mascot, around Madison. The best way to check out all the action happening with the fest from October 21st to October 24th is on the website, which is wisconsinsciencefest.org. The link is in the show notes, and while you're on there, check out the sponsors of the festival. The entire festival is supported by donations from private companies and foundations. If you want even more of a sneak peek of the fest, Laura and George are giving an insider's guide to the Wisconsin Science Festival virtual talk on October 19th at noon central time. A link to that virtual talk, as well as past and upcoming talks and badger talks, is in the show notes. For now, let's dive into the past, present, and future of the Wisconsin Science Festival with Laura Heisler and George Zuber. Well, hi, Laura and George. Thanks for joining me on the Badger Talks podcast. How are you both doing? Fantastic. Of course. This, I think, is a really fun special episode because the Wisconsin Science Festival is coming up. We're both here to promote it. I'm going to show up, have a booth. I think it's going to be a blast. Uh, I'm, I'm really curious to get the stories of how it started, and we'll dive into that. But first, I'd, I'd like to get your names and the pronouns you use. So, Laura, could you tell me your full name? Yep, and Laura Heisler, like and she and hers. All right, and George, I'll pass it to you. And it's George Sugros, and he and his and him. Great. And currently, how are you, George, connected to the Wisconsin Science Festival? So, I am a co-founder with Laura of the festival, um, and I come to that through my work at the Wisconsin Arts Board, the state arts agency. And for you, Laura, how are you connected? And I've been the director for all, um, this will be our 11th festival. Um, yeah. Wonderful. When you were starting to think of the idea of the Wisconsin Science Festival, I feel like sometimes these big ideas can just be a little coffee conversation that starts and then gains momentum. How did the idea for the Wisconsin Science Festival start? The early days, the planning days of the Discovery Building on the UW-Madison campus that I was involved in and uh, the ways in which what we were hoping to achieve with that aligned with goals of a festival, uh, really ambitious goals that George had already embraced. Well, we were really lucky because the Wisconsin Arts Board, which I said was a state arts agency, was working on a task force on arts and creativity and education. And we were thinking about a lot of things, um, but most importantly, imagination, creativity, and innovation, not as the sole purview of the arts, but in all its forms. Um, And in that thinking and in that doing, we were also uh, working to create a national network called the National Creativity Network. So in all of that work, there was a day that I was sitting with the New York Times and came across this article about the World Science Festival in New York. And um, I thought, oh my goodness, isn't this an interesting thing? Could we do something like that in Wisconsin? And more specifically, could it be done 
with this new thing I was hearing about called the Wisconsin Discovery Center uh, or Institute for Discovery. Um, and so pushed that information out a little bit to see what traction it would get. And then um, had Laura join us as we went to the um, World Creativity Forum in Oklahoma and heard the great uh, Sir Ken Robinson speak and others talking about, again, imagination, creativity, and innovation. And the notion of the World Science Festival and all these science festivals is the explanation of sciences through the arts. I'll just arts say George was really very persistent because I had um, I didn't have a lot of decision making power at the time, but I had some um, some some license to try and suggest what the discovery building could mean for the campus. And because it's UW Madison and because there's such an embrace of the Wisconsin idea that that could mean if the campus would embrace the festival concept, then it would have the opportunity to go statewide. In fact, it would have to, because to do something just for UW-Madison wouldn't be in keeping with the ethos of how UW-Madison operates. So I was really fortunate that the leadership that was envisioning the Discovery Building trusted that with the kind of partners we were getting excited about it, that we would figure it out. There really was no blueprint, and I wasn't asked to come with a budget or a plan or anything. It was just, okay, well, if you think you can make this go, this seems like it's a fit. And um, and we, we were given a, a lot of license to mess around and, and see what would take root. Yeah. And it's really neat to hear, I mean, even in my own little research bubble, the Wisconsin idea is so at the front of how we're trying to disseminate. And so at the small little level in my little lab, uh, to the very top of building buildings and going across the state, it's it's all there. Um, and it's definitely something that I really value about UW-Madison as well. So I'm, I'm curious, now that the Wisconsin Science Festival has been around for a few years, how have you both seen it develop and evolve over time? It would be statewide. The first year, we were really cautioned against going too big. No one quite knew what would happen. Um, the idea was, let's pick three days, let's pick a weekday so we get some schools involved. And we'll pick a weekend and we'll see how it goes. Don't get, you know, don't get out in front of your skis, sort of. And so we did that. We had three days and we just had venues on campus, the Discovery Building being the hub and then other venues on campus and a few around the city of Madison. And then we put the word out statewide to schools that we were having this and that they were welcome to come. We had way more people than we anticipated. You couldn't get around. It was deafening. It was insane. And everyone was just over the moon, just thrilled beyond measure. We really didn't have any financial backing at that time. We sort of just did what we could with our partners like public radio, public TV. And we had, I want to say, I think it was like 20,000 people participate over three days coming to the Discovery Building and other venues around campus and around town. And so um, right out of the gate, it, it exceeded expectations. And the second year, it was just exploded. I think we had 30,000 people and dozens of venues around the state. And then from there, it's just steadily grown and um, become more sophisticated to where even during COVID, well, actually during COVID last year, we had our biggest participation base ever, but have been hovering in the 30 to 45,000 uh, people participating over four days range. Um, almost 100 different venues, uh, something like 40 different counties most years participate. So 
Um, it's really become something that spread around the state. And there are many sort of festivals within a festival. A lot of communities have sort of a science weekend um, during the festival that they plan for and look forward to schools all around the state come to UW-Madison or host their own events. So it's really exciting to see communities just pick it up and take it on and have their own traditions. Yeah, it's so exciting to hear, you know, not only are people who are within science getting excited about the Wisconsin Science Festival, but just realizing it's going to touch so many people's lives and people who may not be in the immediate research of science are still wanting to join in. And also just baffling, like, you know, the first year with a little bit of marketing and just seeing what will happen, <laughs> 20,000 people showed up. That's pretty absurd. And Gets me really excited for this year, which will be combined with a Madison night market, at least here in Madison. And what else can people expect for this year? Possible lens, especially the arts. And that is really George's influence um, and uh, through his work with the National Creativity Network, but also just the spirit and background that he brings and the um, expansion and connections that he helps us make. So we really take a very wide view of what science includes or things, food, dance, art, all kinds of things around that, that have a connection or highlight how science impacts um, their, their work or their performance or the materials they need. So we really take a, a very wide view um, in terms of this year and last year, you know, we are, still in a, in a pandemic and we're still mindful that people are um, uncomfortable doing certain things, especially in crowds in our Hallmark event. A Hallmark of all science festivals is a hands-on expo where you can walk around usually a large space. For us though, we've had to make some accommodations so we won't be having that expo, but we will have a number of events that are outside and um, and still give you that sense of hands-on and interaction with scientists. So as you mentioned, Ben, the, the Friday night event science on the square has become uh, a really, you know, a great recurring event that we started a few years ago. We take over downtown Madison. We're going to have all kinds of hands-on station booths, performances. And this year we're partnering with the Madison night market. So in addition to all the science festival things, there'll be all the different vendors and food providers and um, performers that the night market features with a lot of science in between. We have a track all about fungi. So we're going to have a lot of hands-on activities about fungi at the night market on the Friday night of the festival. Um, we're also going to have those activities uh, in Madison. So these are two Madison-centric things, and I do really want to emphasize there's a ton of stuff statewide, so I'll get to that in a second. Also in Madison, though, we're going to be having um, a showing of the film Fantastic Fungi at the Mallard Stadium and, again, some more hands-on activities. So we keep a little bit of that expo flavor. You can get all this information on the Science Muscle website, which we should plug a lot because that's where we find out about everything. It's and then we have a lot of discussions and conversations. We have a number of science books being featured through the book festival. Um, we have some panels about fungi, uh, conversations about hallucinogenic fungi or invasive fungi. We have a corn maze partner, and they've been choosing scientific themes for their corn maze at Trinan Farm in Lodi, Wisconsin. Um, and then we have literally over 250 different event occurrences over the four days taking place in, I think it's 39 counties this year. And so the only way to really put your arms around all that is to use the website. Yeah, um, this makes me just kind of want to have the festival this weekend <laughs> instead of waiting. <laughs> I'll be patient. Um, it'll be worth the wait. My last question for you both, 
now that it's been around for a while, we've got to see what's going to happen this year. Where would you like to see the Wisconsin Science Festival go in the future? Well, I, I just think it's a constant building process at this point, and it's getting more and more people involved from different aspects of life. You know, in the early days of the festival, Laura will agree that it was very difficult to get the arts people to understand why they were participating in the science festival in the very beginning. And then by the time the fest, first festival went up, there were so many arts people involved. Scientists were asking, is this really a science festival? So it takes a while for people to get what the vision is. But the other thing is to build on the success of the festival with students. Because part of this, and, and if you've been there on a day when the students are in the Discovery Center or in any place across the state in their schools embracing science, it's a great opportunity for them to once, A, get their curiosity moving, to get themselves inspired, and to see themselves as scientists. Science Fest time, what should we go to? What's going on near us? And just have that be sort of a household concept that everyone embraces. Um, and the other thing I'll say is that I think we still are lagging in terms of co-creation of science festival activities um, with a more diverse range of communities around the state. And we're really trying to identify partners from all walks of life all around the state who are interested, maybe just find ways of fostering more dialogue with more communities to encourage them to think about, well, what would we like to do? What's really a good fit for the kinds of things that our community comes out for? Amazing. And uh, I hope everyone who's listening now will be excited for this year and the future years too, and hopefully can be participating in some sort of event in mid-October. So I thank you both for being on the podcast. Thanks for sharing the story of the Wisconsin Science Fest. And hopefully I'll see you at Science on the Square. Very good. Thanks for listening to the Badger Talks podcast. I hope you are also enthused about partaking in the Wisconsin Science Festival. Again, if you want even more of a sneak peek, Laura and George are giving an insider's guide to the Wisconsin Science Festival virtual talk on October 19th at noon central time. You can also check out the wisconsinsciencefest.org link in the show notes to see what events are happening around you. Until next time, be well. Badger Talks podcast is a creation of the University of Wisconsin-Madison and Deeper Than Data Media. Music composed by Bill Purdy and played by the University of Wisconsin-Madison Marching Band. The podcast is recorded, edited, and produced by Deeper Than Data Media.